This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Neve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerald Farrelly. And you're listening to Agony Rants. Welcome, 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 listener, to the show where a Eurovision winner and a comedian solve your problems, fix your lives. I always feel you overstate that. I'm not going to lie. Heal you. (laughs) Spiritually, emotionally, physically. Well, to be fair, you are a very good life coach. Thank you. I know. And it's the cardigan, I think. Definitely the cardigan. I know. It's very much um, psychologist vibes. It is. It is, actually. I feel like I should be lying on a sofa or something or some sort of settee. I feel like I'm dressed like the psychologist that you go into that you would feel you would be judged if you told them about, like, the affairs you're having or the, you know. Really? Your, your filthy past. Oh, yeah. I wish I had a filthy past. A judgmental past right psychiatrist. That's, I know. That's the, <laughs> and do you know what? 12 euro. That's what this cost me. Oh my God. Doesn't owe me a penny back. That's almost the most Irish thing you've ever done. 12 quid. I know. Look, look at it. Isn't it fantastic? Yeah. Do you know the bit you left off at the end is what shop you bought it in? TK Maxx. Because <laughs> it's normally, ah, oh, 12, 2 euro in pennies. I knew it wasn't pennies because to be honest, anything over 10 euro is not a thing in pennies. No. I have to say, <laughs> Do you know what, Neve? I was in the Isle of Man at the weekend. Oh, God, the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man. They've no pennies. How do they live? I don't know. Because they're isolated. I absolutely don't know. That's actually the wrong question. How are no they dressed? No Primark. They're all dressed very well, actually. <laughs> 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 Which really does tie in when you think about it. Well. But, like, I was astonished. I've never been, like, in, in all the years I've been touring. Right. I've never been to a place that didn't have a Primark. I was trying to think, can I think of somewhere that I'd been? Now, I mean in the, you know, UK and Ireland. Okay, okay. But I was astonished. And I always just do a little check because I have a joke about Primark. Oh, and how does that go down in the Isle of Man? Well, I just didn't do it. But <laughs> I, always, I always have a little check just to see, yeah. you know, I go into Google Maps Primark. See where, where is it? Where, where, where's is the closest it? one? I know. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I do visit, Neve. I was going to say, that's not just for the joke. Love a Primark. I know. Like, I always go... Especially in other territories. I know. Because they have different clothes. Exactly. And also, some places are a bit more scoby than others. So all of the good penny stuff is still there. You know, they've they've bought all the leopard print tracksuits. You can't get them for love nor money, but if you want, (laughs) you know, a nice grandfather shirt or, you know, a fitted cardie, they're all there. You get the good cardie. You get the good one. I know, it's it's funny actually, because obviously... I've lived up the north for the last 20 odd years. And so when I, when the kids are small, of course, you'd always buy in pennies or Primark because it's so good, you know, from that point of view, especially when they're growing every five minutes. And so I used to come down and they different clothes down here. So it looked like I'd bought them somewhere really exotic, but actually it was still pennies. And you could say pennies. Uh, Neve, we've had quite a week. Lent has begun. Oh, I know. I know. Did you do it? Did you do the? Did you observe all the important things on Lent? When you say important things. Like, did you make pancakes? No. Neither did I. We are I the forgot. worst Lenten people. I actually forgot about Pancake Tuesday. Did you? Yeah. Do you know what I did on Pancake Tuesday? What did you do? I made the pumpkin pie that I said I was going to make for Thanksgiving last year. From November? Yeah. I had bought all the stuff. It was in the fridge. Has that pumpkin been in there since back in November? That's not going to... No, it, that's it, not it, a thing. It, it, it was canned pumpkin. Oh, okay. I bought a canned pumpkin. <laughs> didn't need to be in the fridge then. Yeah, I mean, it would have done, like, it <laughs> would have survived a nuclear war. But it's the first time I've ever made a pumpkin pie that it actually did turn out nice. Because oh. the thing about pumpkin pie is, right, all of these American films, 
they all eat it. They sell it like it's absolutely delicious. But it's a very fine line getting a pumpkin pie right. Is it? I mean, if you get a pumpkin pie wrong, your taste it tastes like you're eating turnip. <laughs> <laughs> turnip cream cinnamon. It's not great. No. No, it's that not good. That doesn't scan. I've done that a few years. For a start, never make a pumpkin pie out of pumpkin. Yeah, but even even in this vegetable, you know, landscape at the moment, you know, the one where we're getting no vegetables in our, in our shopping. <laughs> you know, a turnip pie does, with apple, you know, a cream and cinnamon doesn't, it's not, no. No, it's disgusting. Do you know what has shocked me? Mm-hmm. Is that this is the year when I, I was on the cusp of being vegetarian. <gasps> and I feel like that the vegetable shortage... Has got in the way of it. I mean, it's just been a message. <laughs> That's God telling you, none of that shit. Yeah, none of that, Garoud. No, no, none of that. And it's interesting because, like, I um, it's the first time I've ever come close to it because I did, I do veganuary every year, right? Do See, you? this is what I'm doing, right? Do you find veg- veganism? That's quite difficult, isn't it? It's not as difficult as they say it is. I mean, it depends on how loose you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go into the grave if I have a, ch- a bit of cheese. No, I know, and in my head, I'm. Looking back to the times we met during that time and you definitely weren't vegan those days. No, no, no. Burgers all the way. No, well, that and, you know, cookies and brownies. and I know, yeah, it's the butter. Coffees. You see, the butter is the, the butter's the killer, I think. That's the hardest one. Because if you need to get rid of eggs, you can make like a flax egg. Yeah, no, I know there are, there Which, are additives for that. Yes, I get that. Not that I've ever used them now. I don't know what they're They're like. actually not bad. Oh, right yeah, I thought they'd be a lot worse. Do you know what the most disgusting one is, though? Okay. Is <laughs> that you use the juice of chickpeas as for an what? egg. As an egg? Yeah. How can you like, do that? It's like, it's like, what's it called? It's called aquafaba. Oh, I've heard of that. And what you do is you can whip it like an egg white. So you can actually make meringue out of the juice out of chickpeas. Does it, taste, it actually tastes all right. It doesn't taste like chickpeas. No, it doesn't. I thought it would. And I like chickpeas. I said, yeah, that. They said that like it was a bad thing, like, but it just feels like it's the wrong thing I'm not in a meringue. against chickpeas. I don't want it in the middle of my meringue. Okay, fair enough. So I was very nervous. But so, I did it. And so it's no surprise grand. chickpea in a meringue? No. <laughs> Everything has to be very well strained, Neve. <laughs> very well strained. <laughs> and so what I've been doing this year, right, until... 10 minutes ago I'd given up chocolate I know and then somebody put a bo- bo- somebody box. put a box of milk tray in front of us I, was, I well, know I guess I'm not then <laughs> but, but giving up stuff at Lent is a t- it's a tricky one Neve, do you know what it is I think it's a load of people who just like to be miserable <laughs> that's what it is no it's not true no that's not true because be- actually I you know when I was young we gave up the sweets and then you gorged yourself on the sun Easter Sunday <sighs> And the sugar high was magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it really annoys me, right? Because yeah. you see all of these pearl clutching bastards who don't eat a biscuit from one end of the week to the next I just know. because it's Lent. And you're like, come on. No, It's no. a biscuit. You've I had know. your dinner. <laughs> Give me a break. I mean, you'd be a bit cross if they were eating it before though, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel that this whole thing of, you know, <laughs> spiritual cleansing through self-deprivation. I'm just like, come on. I know. We're all on the, we're, we get one spin of the wheel down here. I know, you're right. But actually, the thing about Lent is, right, you know the big days, right? So we have, you've got Pancake Tuesday, right? Or Shrove Tuesday. It's just become a Pancake Tuesday. And then you have the day that you get your forehead mucked up, you know, the ashes. Do you know what? I'm sorry. Anybody that is walking around in this day and age with ashes on their forehead... 
know. I'm just like, come on. There was a woman on one of those shows, you know, where they stop people in the street. Oh, yeah. You know, like the local whinge. Okay. <laughs> it's like, go on, what's going on? Go on, have a whinge. Here's a microphone. Okay. And she, she I say? don't know what the hell she was giving out about, but she was giving out left, right and centre. Nothing was good enough. And I was like, there's a woman that looks like she's headbutted a lump of coal. And we're all supposed to say, take this seriously. <laughs> and you know, during COVID, they were driving up, doing a drive through Ashes. I know, I saw that. Isn't that amazing? No, you have to admire that. No, I, I think that makes sense. But I, I mean, mean, for the people who care about it now, Groad. They can care. Yeah, care all you want. Do you know what I mean? I know. Like, say all the prayers you want. You, like, you know, whatever you want to do. Crucify yourself to your shed, for all I care. Oh, my God. But I'm sorry. If you're if you're walking around <laughs> with a lump of ash on your forehead, don't expect people to not look twice. <laughs> yeah, you might be thinking, what's going on with that? Anyway, as I was saying, right, you know you have those two days, but did you know there used to be a thing called Clean Monday? Is that like when you have a load of fibre on Sunday? Well, You're like it would it would definitely like, refer to bow like a new pen. <laughs> I did a bit of a ready for the week on Lent. I was kind of looking for some fun facts because when he said we were going to talk about Lent, I said last time we did Lent, I wasn't as prepared. I just talked about giving up the sweets or the time I went to mass every day instead, which was even worse than giving up the sweets. I forgot you went to mass. I did every day. Every day. I was when, very young. What age were you? Ah, uh, now I was in that funny age. I say it was about. 13 or 14. I okay. thought it was a, I thought it was like a clever plan to not have to give up sweets but I uh, honestly gave up ev- <laughs> everything after that. Right. Anyway. The, your commitment. Uh, I did it. <laughs> your commitment to your sweet tooth is impressive. I did You would whole... rather do 40 masses <laughs> <laughs> Never than, again. than pass the tuba roller. <laughs> I have to say I applaud that Neve Kavanagh. That's the reason we're friends. I don't think we should be depriving ourselves of anything. No I agree. I think live for the minute. Oh dear. <laughs> but you know, like you could run out and be hit by a bus. I I take the same approach with insurance, pensions. <laughs> oh, I don't believe that <laughs> for one minute. Insurance, pensions, Lent. They're that's, all the same as far as I'm concerned. That's just being self-employed. That's, uh, <laughs> that's nothing to do with <laughs> Lent, right? <laughs> no, but look, the thing about Clean Monday, Clean Monday was, and I quote, leaving behind the sinful attitudes. Now. What would they be now? And, and you know, the non-fasting foods. But that's the second thing. What's non-fasting foods? Oh, it'll be things like um, meat and all I know is meat anyway. I know, I know that there were certain days that my granny... Only w- ate fish? No, no, she'd have a cracker. No. You know, cracker and water. I was like, I'm sorry, we're not in the maze. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, it's supposed to be about resetting and, and understanding and taking time to think about. So don't, you don't eat more than you need to. It's about regrouping. You can reset with a curly whirly. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Not always. I once broke a tooth on a curly whirly. On a curly whirly. Yeah, I know. I put it in the fridge. It was my own fault. Oh, no, that's the thing. Chocolate out of the fridge. Are you a chocolate out of the fridge person or not? Um, It depends. If it's the middle of summer, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever opened a chocolate bar that's melted it's and you're sucking it out of the packet? Thing in the world, especially when you really want a chocolate. That is the worst thing. So, I, know. The, I but not as a rule. I like to keep my chocolate out of the really out of the fridge, but I don't mind it being in the fridge. I have to say, I love chocolate in the fridge. Do I keep you? all of my chocolate in the fridge. Don't do the and curly apparently, it's though. supposed to be a very basic thing to do. 
What do you mean basic? You know, like people that aren't wouldn't be the most sophisticated. Well, you understand people go to the trouble of tempering chocolate, which means they don't put it down and it's too cold and all fancy chocolates. And then you put them in the fridge, which is completely wrong. It takes the shine off them and everything. I know, but if you're eating a kilo of dairy milk. <laughs> you're not considering the shine on it. You're not considering the shine. <laughs> I just think I want this cold because I'm, it's going to sit on my naked belly for an hour while I'm watching Die Hard. <laughs> I'm sure Bruce Willis would be delighted with that concept. So nothing, So there, as I said, I'm a very sophisticated person. Okay, so Lent is not for you then? No, it's Definitely not for Definitely not for you. I, do you know what? I'd love it though. I'd, I do think that all of these things were, uh, that are opportunities for self-improvement, I think they're a good idea. Like, I do think New Year's resolutions are a good idea. Yeah, but actually the other thing about Lent is it's supposed to prepare you prepare you for the work that you're going to do apparently well that's, that's according to the Bible that's what, what happened with Jesus although he wasn't the first one to do it as we know right explain because you, you, you started this before um, I know I, I did a deep dive I mean I don't ne- say that I didn't do my research on the Lent I have to say when Neve does a deep dive I she know. will come up with a fact that will knock you out of your stamina uh, uh, yeah. apparently Jesus right isn't the first person to do it to do the 40 days and 40 nights Not in the desert. in the Bible. No, Moses was the first. So why did Jesus do it? I don't know. Moses got the Ten Commandments. Maybe he wanted something similar. And then Elijah did it as well. Was that before or after Jesus? Uh, who, Elijah? Yeah. No, oh, he's before. He's in the Old Testament. So Jesus was the third person to do it. Yeah. It's like not even new. This is like when we got all excited about, you know, Will Young. When Michelle McManus had won it a couple of years previous. <laughs> Why? Why is Jesus the one that we we talk you about? You are then? definitely counting that the people who are listening to this are, are as old as us. Look. <laughs> they don't necessarily know who those people are. We know exactly who the people are that listen to us. <laughs> it's women. It's gay men. They're 30s to 40s. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair They're enough. all have a midlife crisis is very, very they early. They all know who Michelle McMahon is. Of course they know. Goddess. Young is. A goddess. I know she is. Amazing. But anyway, so he he was, he was wasn't the first, but apparently it was supposed to prepare them for the job that was ahead of them, their vocation. So I was thinking, if I did my 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, would I get my album made? <laughs> Maybe that might Maybe, work. I don't know. There's only so much that it does. <laughs> I know. I know. And I don't know if I'm really good at the fasting. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. I, I don't believe for a second he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, I'd I say angels brought him something. I, yeah. He kept finding food under bushes, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, we we all could see what he did with the five loaves and the two fish. I know, surely. <laughs> surely. I think, I think Moses must have been really pissed off. Why? Because, like, Jesus got all the credit for it. I know he did. To be fair, he did. And funnily enough, when I was reading it, it said only in the three Gospels they talk about the 40 days and 40 nights. I think John knew it. Knew Who's that he John hadn't. Then? John. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are the four Bibles in the New Testament, right? So Matthew, Mark oh. and Luke apparently refer to the 40 Matthew, days. Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John. No, Matthew, John. Mark, Mar- Mark Luke. Luke and John. That's the song. Are they not the Beatles? No, they're not the Beatles. <laughs> It's not, we're not here doing a Bible studies class, right? I'm, I'm just saying these are the, when you put it in Lent, that's what it says, either that or it's about money that you borrowed in the past, right? That's, <laughs> that's all it, it's either that or that. I did my best to get some facts and this is all I'm getting, right? And the other fact I uncovered, just for your thing, is that 
Mother's Day in the UK is always two weeks before Easter Sunday. And that would have been mid-fast in the desert. Yeah. So, so his mum must have visited. <laughs> is that when Mary was like, now you get your act together. <laughs> Sleeping in a desert. It's not Coachella. Get out and get a job. Your father's a carpenter for Christ's sake. <laughs> Yes, I think it was like it. it's the Sunday that Mary was up the wall. I know, but apparently that's it. It's, supposed, it's part of the Lenten kind of thing. One of the Sundays is Mothering Sunday. She's probably ringing Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, he's out. He's out in the desert again. He's out, he's out in the desert again. What's your John doing? Because <laughs> to be fair, Elizabeth's John was he was baptizing. Yeah, he was out in the desert yeah, dunking but, people. Yeah, he was. He, I'd say he was a plumber with a sideline. Oh, he could have been. Oh yeah, I'd say so. Okay. So oh, I well, got lots of facts about Lent. You think you thought I was just going to come in here and talk about giving up sweets, but I actually got real facts. You what went, have you got you to went, give me? You did a deep dive on <laughs> on on Bible, Bible studies, well, Bible studies with me. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. I won't have that. No, I think I think that's excellent. This is like this is the sort of thing that we need more of on the show. Neve doing actually a deep doing a bit dive. of work. <laughs> Now, what we did was we did a little bit of a shout out because we haven't done a shout out in a while. No, we haven't. And I swear to God, they came from the hills. I know. (laughs) They lost the run themselves. They really did. They lost the run themselves. Uh, Loads of people want to get in touch and tell us exactly what they thought of Lent. And uh, I'll be honest with you. None of them gave facts. Nobody gave facts. No. And nobody was particularly positive either. No. (laughs) Um, Josh Ridgway says, Lent is boring. I want all of my vices. And you know what? That's a sentiment that I agree with. Yeah. Because I think that we are all the sum of our parts. Okay. You know, vices included. We have to just accept them. Right. Accept yourself. There's no point in starving yourself in a desert just because you, you know. Yeah. Okay. Short change, somebody somebody in a shop or, you know, know, passed a beggar or, you know, didn't heal a leper. Oh. <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> can you Can you heal a leper? You can tell them to cop on and stop begging outside a shop. I okay, mean, that's a good well, start. <laughs> go, go, to a, go to a doctor. Go to a doctor. <laughs> Jesus wept. What happened to leprosy? <laughs> you don't hear that anymore. It kind of fell off the map. It did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure leprosy still exists, but it, I think it's Is managed. It like, do we call it eczema now? No. I, <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't sound... Great, you know, Jesus healed all the people with eczema. I think you're suffering from eczema. Now, that would be, be fair, a cure as a cure. To be fair. But like... Now that you mentioned, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm a little afraid to because oh, sometimes when you put in searches something? on... <laughs> what happened to leprosy? It seems back in the day it was the big thing. It was a big thing. It was, And certainly in that part of the Bible it was. It was a lot of lepers. I don't know. It's not, it's not as rife, but then there's lots of things that are not as rife. And as Jesus used to touch them. <laughs> Now, say so the lepers would have a lot to say about that today. Now there'd be some sort of register involved. <laughs> uh, Lenny says chocolate bars, sweets, and crisps to lose a bit of weight. Nothing to do with Jesus. Oh well, Lenny. Yeah, and op- that's an opportunity for self improvement. Yeah. Uh, Paula Nash says Lent. I say chocolate every year. I'm in. No- I'm nine dairy milks in already. <laughs> Um, uh, an opportunity to counteract binge eating, drinking, swearing for a finite amount of time. Do you know what's funny? Actually, I knew a guy who used to give up dr- alcohol from, you know, for Lent 
Except for Patrick's Day. They always eat whatever or drink whatever they want on Patrick's Day. I don't know why that... Well, apparently 40 days and 40 nights excludes all the Sundays in Lent. No, it doesn't. It does, yeah, because Lent is actually 40... I think it works out of I didn't come up with my facts today. Days. <laughs> there was no no mention of that in the facts. Well, you need to go back and fact okay, check your facts. That's it. Sorry. About but that. apparently, yeah. So you, you apparently you can on Sunday you can. I think we tried to implement that at some point, and I think my mother wasn't as <sighs> interested in it as I was. Wait a second. So if that's the way Lent works, are we saying that Jesus did forty days and forty nights in the desert, but ate on a Sunday? It's unlikely. Megan says, of course, I'm trying to give up swearing in front of my kids. (laughs) (laughs) But how else will you call them, Megan? (laughs) Ruth says, I think it should be about taking up things rather than giving them up. Now, I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, like what? Maybe an extra bar of chocolate or? No, just like a new hobby or a little thing. Oh, now? You know me, I love a I, new thing, I know, a I new challenge. I know, I, do you know what my new thing is, Neve? And I'm having a ball. Oh. I'm having a ball. I'm making kombucha. What the hell is that? Kombucha. It's basically one of my New Year's resolutions was I'm giving up sparkly drinks. Oh, okay. So I, I, I have sparkly water, but that's it. Like I don't, I don't no Coke, no Fanta. Would well, you have like drunk that. a lot of that before? Well, do you know what I? Because I don't drink. Yeah. When I get offered a drink, you at feel gigs, you have to. I always have a Coke. Oh God. So then I was just like, I'm actually drinking a lot of Coke here. I can't be having it. So I just gave up. Um, but I do, I do like a fizzy drink. Like yeah, I like so, the feel of a fizzy drink. Yeah, my husband's the same. He he likes sparkling water. And then, you know, he, he like thinks he's drinking water when he's drinking the sparkling water. So it, it kind of makes him feel like it's less like drinking water. I think that's yeah, the best way I can describe exactly. it. Exactly. I and love then, water, so I drink loads of water. I don't. I So kombucha, you basically make it out of tea. Like black tea. Right. And sugar. And water. Okay. And then you put in it a thing called a scoby, which is a big lump of bacteria. It's like a culture. Okay. And then you brew it in a like a little tank on your counter for two to three weeks. And then it's done in two, three, three weeks. And what happens is all the bacteria in the scoby eats all of the tea and the sugar. So you're left with this thing that tastes like um, pee. It's kind of like lilt, <laughs> I guess. Flat lilt, a little bit like flat lilt, uh, less sweet though. Okay, because the sugar has been eaten up by the bacteria. Right, and then what you do is you take that and you put it into a bottle with, say, you know, some blitzed up strawberries. You seal the lid and then give it three days, and that the sugar will put bubbles into it. And then you put it in the fridge and that locks all the bubbles in. And then you've got like a strawberry drink, a strawberry fizzy drink. That's more of a commitment than my husband. It's great. <laughs> I'm ha- I'm, I have to say, I'm having a ball. I can imagine you uh, are. But, and, and, and it's very nice. And the thing about it is, it's very good for you. Like it, it's really good for your gut and it's really good for your um, okay. cholesterol and um, okay other things. And who else? Who else? Who sold you that? Do you know, I'll tell you, I found a book. You found a book. I, because in my apartment block, right, there is a, uh, there is a kind of like a little bookshelf. Oh, is it that where you put a book and then somebody lifts a book? Is that a, that kind of thing? Well. Or is that, is that like somebody's that bookshelf? Or if somebody was moving stuff around and left a load of books there. <laughs> but I went through, I had a look and there's a book on kombucha and I'd heard about it and I tasted it and I tasted it and it does taste a bit weird and I've always wondered what. What it is. The point mm-hmm. of it is. 
So where do you get the SCOBY? Where, where's that? You can is order that them online. Dealer? You can order, like um, What happens is every time you every time you brew kombucha, another one grows, another SCOBY grows underneath it. So basically, you buy one SCOBY and you've got them forever. Oh, it's like the sourdough. It's very interesting. That, the sourdough exactly drinks. What, yes, it, that's exactly what it's a fermented wow. drink. Okay, Neve, I feel like I feel like I'm not getting the credit for this. Do you know what? No, next, I, next I'm, agony rants record. I'm going to bring you a bottle of. Kombucha. I'm very impressed. I am very impressed with your commitment, and never deny your abilities to go beyond. But no. <laughs> Actually, we're doing a radio interview tomorrow, Neve. No, nope. I'm bringing you a bottle of kombucha. I'll bring that then. I will. I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> And I want the bottle back, Neve. Nah. So if you think you're throwing it in the bin and an apple green, you've another thing coming. <laughs> but what else do we have? Um, absolutely not. Fiona says, uh, who bothers with that shit? Always was the kind of, uh, give up the chocolate for this Lent. Okay, Fiona. <laughs> There's a whole heap of stuff going on there, I think. We'll try that again. Uh, Fiona says, uh, who bothers with that shit? Always was the kind of, uh, give up the chocolate for this Lent. No, on a second read, that still makes absolutely <laughs> no sense, Fiona. <laughs> Here, I love this one. Linda Catherine Morgan says, Catholic guilt occupying 40 days a year. Nah, she says. But actually, Catholic guilt should be with you for life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not a thing? Sister Kavanaugh of the Little Sisters. <laughs> Is that not part of being a Catholic? Guilt. It is a part of being it a Catholic. Is That's been... the bit I don't like. I know. I hate feeling guilty about things. Now, Sonia says reducing to one can of Coke a day and giving up four skinny dairy milk chocolate bars. Is this the Sonia? Are you getting Sonia no, back it, in again? No, Sonia. Sonia, <laughs> Sonia won't interact. Okay, okay. That's okay. No matter how, how often I tag her. Ah! She <laughs> You have to respect that. You okay, have to respect I'll, I'll leave that. it there. Yeah, okay. Um, well, Sonia, brew some kombucha. Do you know oh. the other thing I'm doing? I'm making my own almond milk. You told me about that. Yeah, I bought I bought a nut bag. <laughs> <laughs> the second nut bag. <laughs> So you've been buying scobies and nut bags. What's your scobies search history like I on Amazon? To God, <laughs> honest to God, I've become like a crusty old hippie. So is it, what are they actually suggesting that you buy now? Because you know the way they suggest things recommended for you. Uh, wait, between scobies think, and nut bags, what I think else I turned doing? off all of my recommendations because I bought the box set of Murder, She Wrote, right? And what do they recommend? And the next thing they recommend was How a Gay Man Can Have a Happier Life as a book. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, that's bang on the money, but I don't need it. <laughs> Attention, Agony Rants listeners. I am on tour with my show, Glamour Hammer, and I'll be starting the spring leg of the tour in March. And it's mostly sold out, but there are tickets left for the Marketplace in Armagh. Many, many, many tickets left for the Marketplace in Armagh. Uh, there are a couple left for Belfast at the Limelight and for Glore in Ennis and the Crescent Concert Hall in Drogheda and on Green On in Letterkenny. So the rest of them are gone, I'm afraid. In the UK, the first London show at the Bloomsbury Theatre has some seats and also I'll be at the Stand Comedy Clubs in Newcastle, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And you could have a family reunion at those because there's loads of space. Tickets are at GrowFairly.com or you can follow the link in my bio on Instagram. 
are pausing for a moment to remind you that Agony Rants is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed the 70 plus episodes that we have lovingly created of Agony Rants, then you can show us some love right back by leaving us a nice review or a five star rating wherever you downloaded this every time you open the app, because that will help other people find us. Also, we would love to keep making the show, and to make sure that happens, you can support us by subscribing to Headstuff Plus, where you will get special Agony Rants bonus episodes. You will also get access to all of the bonus episodes from the other shows on Headstuff, including this one. The show we are cross-promoting this week is Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Now, Personality Bingo is a show that was on the Headstuff Network a couple of years ago, and it took a very long break, and now it has returned. Wow. Uh, it's a show where Tom interviews a guest who oh. you will probably know, and he does that by using a bingo machine. Okay. Yeah, and each number corresponds to a question, and Tom asks it. Okay. And so, is it like, do you have to vet the questions beforehand or what happens there? No. Oh dear. Don't. It's like a deep dive on somebody's life. Oh my goodness. And it's well worth the listen. Here's the clip. Hey guys, Tom Moran here. I am the host of Personality Bingo, a podcast where we put 60 minutes on the clock. We've got a bingo machine with 60 balls in it. Here you go. And we've got 60 corresponding questions. The questions can be anything from have you ever seen a ghost to what's the most important quality for you and a romantic partner to have you ever or would you ever consider seeing a fortune teller. In season two of Personality Bingo, we've got episodes with Brezzy. We've got Emma Kerwin. We've got Justine Stafford. If you want to go back into the archives, we've got 130 episodes there, including episodes with Paul Meskel. That's Personality Bingo with me, Tom Moore. We have a follow-up. Uh, well, it's not really a follow-up. It's a message from Anya Collins. And she says, I have to tell you, I started Agony Rants two weeks ago and it's so funny. I'm so happy. I have a whole year's back catalogue to listen to on my walks. <gasps> you can tell Neve I made my Holy Communion the day of the Eurovision in Mill Street. I'm from Cork. And we had to rush home from the celebrations to watch it. Oh, that's so fabulous, Anya. So, hello, Anya. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. And I'm really, really pleased that you've just reminded me that you were much younger than me when... <laughs> No, no, I'm kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> she won the Eurovision when she was a mere child. I was like four. Anyway. <laughs> we have a problem. <gasps> I love a problem. Okay. Dear Neven Garode, as you would say yourself, we have a problem. Oh, Houston. My father died last year after a long illness. My mother and father had a very tortured relationship. Are we qualified for this? I really don't think so. Oh God. If they had been from a different time, they would have got divorced, but they stayed together and were both miserable. My mother had a very hard life with my dad. He was a very difficult man to live with. I found it very tough to be on the sidelines and watch how their marriage played out. Oh God. But fair play to my mother. She looked after him to the very end and she passed away or, and he passed away earlier this year. My mother is in her mid 70s and is part of a church group. And she told us that she has been spending a lot of time with a widower from that group. Well, well, well. Uh, they have been going for dinner. And my sister saw them walking around the town arm in arm. Oh my God. I'm shocked. This is not what I would have expected. I'm happy for her, but my older sister is absolutely furious. She was always a daddy's girl and she wants us to talk to our mother about it. I feel like I'm caught in the middle. 
My sister thinks he is a gold digger, but he has his own house and I don't know where my sister thinks the gold is because my mother is not well off. I guess my mother is probably a bit too happy given her husband passed away 10 months ago. Oh God. Wow. (laughs) What do you think I should do? I should say I don't feel my mother is vulnerable at all. I think she is just trying to enjoy herself. God, I can't believe I'm even writing that. For God's sake, don't use my name. Also, I am an Egypt. I meant to book tickets for your show in Cork and now it is sold out. Please do another one. Uh, thanks. And then they don't leave a name. Okay. Wow. This... Now, firstly, before we even answer, we have to say this is very much a professional's well, would give better advice, but we're just going to give our take. Yeah. There's a difference between a take and advice. And I would, the first thing I'm going to start with, right, is <clears throat> there's a lot of loss here and a lot of difficulties yes. and complications. So everybody, everybody's affected by this. Your mum, yourself and your sisters and all the whole family is going to be affected by the situation, just like your dad and all. It's quite difficult. A bit of a head melter all around. Yeah. And Garod and I would absolutely actively encourage anybody who is struggling with anything like that to go and speak to people in the bereavement counselling is very important. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think even if you feel okay, I think it's not a bad thing to go and approach because actually people have a funny thing about therapy or counselling and they kind of feel that they shouldn't really get involved in it. But actually, you sometimes feel an awful lot better about talking to someone. And it's not about judgment, it's not about anything. It's about sometimes just really teasing out how you feel in a very safe environment. Having said that, I do have an opinion on this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have Me a couple too. of opinions. First of all, your sister is probably dealing with grief and that's a big thing. And regardless of how your father was or your mother or your relation, their relationship was and how it affected them, the thing is, she still is grieving the loss of your father. And so it probably is your mum and your, your yourself. There's a lot yes. of grief here. Yeah, there's a lot of it. And it's fresh. And the thing is, grief can go on for a very long time and different people deal with grief in, in different ways. In very different ways, yeah. The truth is, your mother's probably been grieving the loss of a relationship with your parent, your father, a long time. And on top of that, you're not in the relationship, no matter how you look at it. So the fact that she stayed and looked after him, that in itself, even if you were looking after the person you loved more on on the planet, that has its own journey to make. So your mother may have been dealing with grief a lot longer than you have been. Yeah. I would say that you don't need to get in the middle of this. You can be honest with your sisters and say, look, I feel your pain. I feel it's very difficult. I don't have any great issue. The only thing I think we should be asking our mother is, are you okay? Yeah. That's what I think. And the truth is, it's okay for you to say to your sisters, I don't, I don't want to get them in the middle of this. I want to make sure she's okay. I want to make sure you're okay. I love you both. That's it. Because yeah. actually, it's fraught with danger, this one. There's loads of danger. And yeah. it's like, the thing about it is, right, for a start, your mother has probably, you know, like as Neve said, she's grieved in loads of different ways. Yeah. She grieved when she, I guess, realized maybe that the marriage wasn't going to be a happy one. Yeah. She she's she grieved that was a loss. She grieved when your father got sick. Yeah. And when somebody has a long illness, by the time they do actually die from that illness, you're you know you, the process is you go through the, the process of loss. The process started a, a good while ago. Mm. Um and like I have to say, and as much as your sister might find this difficult, I kind of admire your mother. For getting out and for living her life. And just going, do you know what? I'm like, if I was to sit around and think about the time 
that I've had over the past few years, she probably would get very down about it. So she just decided, I'm just getting up and getting on with things. And let's be honest, she's in her mid-70s, right? Yeah. You know, she's probably young in her outlook, all those things. It's easy for us, maybe, in, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you're starting to see, as far as I get closer up to that section, I'm aware that I have less ahead of me than I have behind me. Totally. So she's already spent many years kind of getting through that. And I think you kind of get that, you know. And, and to be honest, they might just be friends. So what? And yeah. So what? Like, so they what? They also could be having an amazing time. They could be doing yeah, all sorts of things. Them. You don't know. But the point is, it's, it's really important. I mean, how would her, your sister feel? It's it's a valid question. How would your sister feel if her mother came and said, you shouldn't be hanging around with somebody else? Exactly. It's yeah. not, you know, you don't get the chance to tell people who they should or shouldn't be with. It's hurtful, I'm sure, to your sister if she feels it's too soon. But this isn't about her life. No. And, and your sister, maybe <clears> she should go and, you know. She definitely could I do mean, it if, some counselling. And I think, to be fair, I think she has a valid it's valid that she feels that way. It's, you shouldn't never belittle that. But at the same time, you have to yeah. you have to say to her, look, I get that you're struggling with it, but actually all we need to make sure is that she's okay. And do you know what? Yeah. The amount of people who, you know, when they lose a parent, they, they pussyfoot around that thing of yeah. saying to the surviving parent, you know, and I, I definitely, I, I know of situations where this has happened, where they kind of wonder, I feel like, should I say something to them like that? It is all right if they want to take up with somebody else or they want to, you yeah. know, like, and, you know, it's hard for, I think, a child to say that to their parents when they've only ever known their parents as together. But I think it's kind of great that this woman has kind of thought, well, I still have a life to live here. Yeah, and, and you know, she does have a life to live. I mean, yeah. and, and she, you know, even if they were the most devoted couple. The truth is that she has spent many years clearly caring for someone and that is gruelling. Yeah. And as much as you love them and care for them and, but the whole, it's like the illness doesn't just happen to her. You oh, know, yeah, it happens it, to everybody. Everybody. And yeah. so it has affected you all in it. So, I mean, I think to be fair, you know, I think this is quite difficult and I can understand why you're really, really struggling to know the best thing here. Going in and sitting down with your, your parents, she, your sister is definitely hurting. So it's okay to say to her, all we need to do is check if she's okay. Uh, maybe we'll, this is where we start and then we go from there. But the truth of it is you shouldn't be confronting anything because your mum is going through what she's doing. She's out living her life. Your sister is not in a place where she can be calm about that. She probably needs to go and speak to somebody. You know, grief counselling is a fantastic thing to do with that. Oh, I brilliant. Think, yeah. I've done bereavement counselling when my friend died and it, it, like you, you just feel so amazing yeah. because the thing about it is it's a process that everybody goes on. Yeah. Hits us all. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's textbook. The things they tell you will happen will happen. Like, yeah. And, you know, and maybe your sister does need a bit of that. Maybe her mom needs a bit of that. Yeah. But you know what? After what she's been through, if she's if you're saying that your mom is happy, grand. But everybody has you to know? do it in their own way. So I mean, it's easy to say, "Oh, the sister's wrong," but there's no wrong or right here. There's just no, the way you're dealing. I mean, it's just you can only really play your own field with yeah. something like this. I think. Yeah, but I mean, it's so. I think what you're looking for is is a way to kind of resolve it and maybe not be in the middle of it. But I think the truth is that you actually need to make sure everybody's okay, not just your mum, but your sister too. I think that's the biggest thing. And if you, I think if you just reiterate that, if it comes up, you just, I think eventually it will pass. And Yeah. The, but the problem is if you start to try to face these things head on, 
at this stage, the problem is you, you're in danger of splintering. And that's no good, you know. No. Yeah, no, I, it's, a, it's a tough one. I have to one. say, admire the mother. Yeah, no, I, I admire, have to say, fair play to her. I admire them all. It's 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 a quite a difficult situation because although the mother cared, I imagine that the kids were involved too. And it's it's not yeah, a process. Yeah. And if you've watched your parents go through maybe and maybe not been very happy together, that must be very hard. Yeah, you know, it, there's a lot there's a lot going on in this, which is not just yeah, the one and, thing. And like, make sure you just look after yourself. Yeah, in this because you know, like. Family stuff is all consuming because it's like that thing. And it's even us reading the letter, we can see every side on this. Yeah. Uh, but when you're in the middle of it, that can absolutely be draining. Yeah, so no, it is. So just look and after yourself and take your head out of it. And there's no harm in just fobbing these people off because you've got your own thing to go through. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You know, um, um, maybe even grief. You know, you can do the group grief counselling if you wanted or whatever, say. But look, at the end of the day, you can only really look after yourself, but just check in on others. I I really, yeah. I cannot extol the virtues of that. You know, your sister is not in a position to insist that you all sit down and make this a big deal. If you are dealing with, I can see that you say you're shocked, but I think you're trying to figure out a way to kind of ratify it and to really, or sorry, rationalise it in your head. And it's completely sensible that you do. You know, so you're doing all the right things, but it's 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 bound to be disorientating the whole situation. And let's be honest, no matter what happened with your dad or how you feel about him, the truth is you've lost your dad. Yeah. And that's big for all of you. Yeah, it's big for all of you. And you know what? Just, Just keep your, like, mind yourself. Yeah. Keep your head above water. And also... Just try not to get too involved in other people's process, uh, yeah. process because that yeah. that clouds your your own yeah. process, and you you can get involved as much as you want, and you can listen to them as much as you want. But you know yourself, mm. as soon as you take a side, or as oh, soon as you, yeah. it's too hard. You know, advise somebody, or even try to talk to somebody on behalf of somebody else. Yeah, it's all too raw for you as it's a group. It's too raw and, and, and you'll end up you'll, end you'll up touch just off getting, things that shouldn't yeah. be there. And yeah, yeah. do you know what? And if experience has taught me anything, it's the person that is the most well-meaning in these situations is the one that comes out the worst. Yeah, very true. It really, really is. Because they all get crossed. They, yeah, yeah. they all need someone to be crossed at and, and the person so that they'll easy. be crossed at is you. And the reason that they'll be crossed at you is because you, because they're both talking to you, you're the easy one yeah. for them to get annoyed at because if your sister found it easy to talk to her mother, her mother yeah. she wouldn't be saying it through you. No, very true. I mean, this is a very serious resolution and I appreciate that we like to keep it very lighthearted, but I cannot extol the virtues of making sure that you're safe and everybody's good. Yeah. That's that to me. But we support and you. We absolutely support you in it and also cannot extol the virtues of counselling. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Do it. Not enough. Do it. Treat amazing. yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself. That's what you should do. Yeah. Treat yourself to counselling. Because it's lovely just sitting there and talking about yourself. I know. And look. The, and growth's so good at it. My cock show is sold out, but I have production seats, so I'll give you two free tickets. <gasps> so just send me your name. Well, your full name. I think we have your first name, but I think that might be wrong. Okay. But anyway. Get in touch. Get in touch. And listen, look after yourself and let us know how you get on. I hope everything's okay. Yeah. Mind yourself. So, agonyrants at gmail.com if you would like to get in touch. We want to hear your criticisms, your show suggestions, your stories, your stories, your problems, your kombucha um, recipes, your, yeah. <laughs> or what to do with your nut bags, anything like that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> how, to, what, how to squash your nut bags. What, what, to, what to do with your leftover, with your nut remnants. How do you, how do you milk your nut bags? Once I've milked me nuts. <laughs> 
<laughs> I make cookies out of what's left. Anyway, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you became a member of Headstuff Plus. I had a cookie. I think that I think you owe it to us at this point. Uh, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.